So last week we started a new teaching, we call it a teaching series. Uh, this one's called Rooted, and we're going to be going through this up until Thanksgiving. So we have a little trailer to catch you up a little bit, um, and then we'll get going. Okay, so the whole concept behind Rooted is, is what that video talked about, that we're, we're hit by a lot of things in life. You're going to uh, daily and also like big stuff that hopefully doesn't happen daily. And uh, last week we talked about um, when Jesus gave the story, um, kind of the analogy, uh, what we would call a parable, which is like a story that teaches a deeper truth. And he said, if you, if you build your life on my teaching, that's like building a house on a rock. And if you don't, it's like building your house in the sand. How many of you, it, it won't hurt my feelings, how many of you looked at your rock at least once this week? Anybody? All right, that's pretty good, like seven of you. That's, I can tell we're really making an impact. Awesome. Um, okay, so uh, what did, Heather, did you throw it at one of your kids? Yeah, right. <laughs> Here's the rock of Jesus. Right. Um, okay, so uh, we, that's my sister-in-law, just in case you didn't know. That's why I can tease her. So here's, here's a verse I want to kick off with today. So um, Paul is uh, one of the apostles, one of the followers of Jesus, who what he would do is he would start churches, much like we did here, and then he would move on and start another one, and he would write letters to encourage or correct the churches that he had started. So here's just a little snippet from one of those letters. He says, Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. Continue to live your lives in Jesus, rooted and built up in him. So we're going to go through the next few weeks talking about ways to root our lives. And today I want to talk about rooting our lives in Jesus and not in Christianity. I know that's going to, that maybe messes with some of your heads if you've been a Christian for a long time. But Christianity has some baggage. That word has some baggage with it, I think, for all of us. And so he didn't want us to root our lives in a religion or a set of rules. In fact, that's the opposite of what they were, most of the, these letters were written about. They were written about rooting your life in a relationship with God, a relationship with Jesus. And um, so we're going to play a little game. We have been wanting to play a game ever since the first week, and we haven't done it yet. And I'm going to be honest, I haven't even told Jonathan about this. So I'm really stepping out on a limb here. So I'm going to ask you to stand up. I know this is way out of your comfort zone. I see there's some new faces here. They're like, why did I come to this church? Listen, a lot of other churches you go to make you stand up and sit down a whole lot more, right? Am I right? So this is just once. Okay, how many of you know how to play Simon Says? Okay, we're going to play a quick little game of Simon Says. So Simon, I, I used to be, uh, do elementary ed, no, elementary school PE. So we played this all the time, right? So Simon Says, put your hand on your head. You guys are good. All right, Simon Says, put your other hand on your belly. Simon says, pat your head. And Simon says, while you're doing that, rub your belly. Just wanted to see if you could do it. Okay, stop. I got you. Yes. Oh, uh, you're such a straight-A student. Okay, you can have a seat. All right. So that was the game. You wanna, he wants to play. You guys want to keep playing until we have a winner? I figured with this many people, it could take the rest of the teaching. Heather was dialed in. She was like, I got this. All right. I hope someone got a picture of that right there. That's good. Um, we, we have all these pictures that, that our photography team takes, and it's amazing. I would say 80 to 90% of the pictures of me look terrible when I'm teaching. I don't know how you guys are doing it out there. I make the weirdest faces and bodily expressions. Like this one. I do that one a lot, apparently. I don't know why. Okay. Um, so can you go to the one that says Jesus says? 
Yeah, so Jesus says, I think a lot of us, this is what it means to follow Jesus. You play a game of Jesus says. Jesus says do this. Jesus says don't do that. Jesus says don't look at her. Jesus says don't say that. Jesus says you're not allowed to go there. You're not allowed to hang out with that person. And that's what, that's what Christianity was to you growing up as a kid maybe. It's what people have taught you, maybe even as an adult. In fact, I think there's a lot of churches that are Jesus says churches. And I'm not going to knock other churches, okay? I think... Churches are doing their best, but this is not what Jesus came and died and rose again for, so that we could play Jesus says the rest of our life. He didn't die and raise again so that we can try to measure up, try to follow rules, try to keep up, all right? And if this is your experience of following Jesus, let me just say that maybe, and I say this a lot, you've been following the wrong Jesus. And if you left that Jesus, maybe, you know, you grew up in a church and you haven't been in a church in a long time and, and, you know, your friends invited you here and you're like, what the heck, they play Simon Says here, I love this church. Um, you know, maybe you stopped going to church for this very reason because you could never keep up. And, you know, if you did keep up when you were doing good, then you became judgmental because you would look at the other people who were out, right? And you would be like, I'm better than you, right? So, and when you were out, then you would just be like, that's fine, I don't want to play this game anyway, right? So... Uh, this is not what Jesus died for. It's for us to play Jesus says. Um, I, have some, I have some video evidence, actually, of a church that kind of teaches this. All right? So I just want you to show you what we don't believe here at City Light. All right, once in a while, you do something and you're like, is this just funny for me? I don't know why. I think that's hysterical. Jonathan and I watched that like several times this week, cracking up in our office. So... Um, I'm going to be playing another one next week. Whether you like it or not, you're in. All right, Mike's in. Good. I got your approval. Uh, okay. So religion, religion versus relationship. Okay. Um, th- there was a point to the video clip. Did you get it? Right? All right. It's not, not rules-based. Okay. Good. Oh, I didn't just share it because it was funny or because it wasn't funny, depending how you look at it. Um, so what we're going to do today is we're just going to look at a conversation that Jesus has and um, if you're new to Christianity or, or you're just here exploring faith, one of the best ways to get started is to read um, what we call the Gospels, which are the four kind of accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, they were either written by eyewitnesses or by people who had interviewed eyewitnesses. So we're going to look at a, at a story. If you can put that first verse up there, Janine. Um, in, in the book of Matthew, and actually, so Matthew wrote this book, and, uh, and he's going to be talking about himself, which is kind of interesting. So here we go. Jesus went on from there. I don't know where there was because I didn't read before this. Um, He saw a man named Matthew sitting at a tax collector's booth. So let's just wait there for a second because there's some cultural stuff going on there and we might not get. Um, Tax collectors were about as low as you could get in this society. So these are a Jewish society living in a Roman-occupied land, okay? And the Romans would collect taxes from the Jews by um, bribing Jewish people with lots and lots of money to be their tax collectors. And so these Jewish tax collectors would make lots of money from the Romans, and as long as they gave the Romans what the Romans wanted, they could also make lots of money from the Jews. And so what they would do is they would increase the tax. So if you, you, know, you technically owed the Romans 10 bucks, they would charge you 20 There was nothing you could do about that, and they would just skim that money off the top. So the Jews hated the tax collectors who were fellow Jews more than anyone. I mean, this is kind of like, um, you know, the, some, like a drug dealer trying to sell drugs to your kids. I mean, this is like, as thinking about like our society, like this is as low as, I mean, seriously, you got to get to where this is. 
you got to think about something in our society that we would all agree is just detestable, okay? And, and we would all just frown upon, okay? So Jesus is walking along, and he sees one of the, one of the least uh, liked, one of the most hated, um, one of the worst by their society standards people sitting there, and he walks up to this guy, and he says this. He says, follow me. Radical. Now, he's got a group of, he's got a posse with them, of people have been following him. And what that means, okay, in, in their time, they had these teachers that they called rabbis, and they would ask you to follow. It was a formal invitation to kind of become part of their club, to join their group, their, their, their posse is the only word I can come up with. I never use that word in real life. But uh, so he says, follow me, which isn't just like, hey, follow me, I'm going over here. Or it, it's like, hey, become a follower. And you've got like Peter and James and John and all these other people. Think about what they're thinking. These are good Jewish uh, boys who are like, you're going to ask this tax collector to join our group right now? How can you do that? What are people going to say about us? What are people going to say about you, Jesus? He says, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed him. So the story goes on from there. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, this gets even worse Okay, so not only does he say, hey, Matthew, join the group, but just stay in the back and make sure no one sees you. Right? He's like, hey, Matthew, join the group. Guess where we're going tonight for dinner? Your house. All right, so he heads over to his house, which is like another sign. Like in that time, eating dinner at someone's house was a sign of like favor and blessing upon that house. And so this was like an acceptance this was saying, Matthew, now notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, Matthew, you have to do this before you become my follower, or you have to do this to become your, or get this straight in your life, or do this. He didn't lay out anything. He just said, follow me right now where you are. Where you are in your life with your issues, follow me. And not only that, but I just want you to know I accept you as you are right now. Let's go have dinner at your house. And guess what happened? Many tax collectors and sinners showed up. Now, what's really interesting, this shows you how low the tax collectors were. There's another word for just normal sinners. So there's like sinners, and then there's tax collectors, or even lower. So many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. So there, you know, Matthew, uh, Jesus has gotten himself into a really interesting situation. Outside the house, there's these guys called Pharisees who won't come into the tax collector's house because they consider themselves to be too righteous and holy. Have you ever met a Christian like that? We won't talk about it. I'm guessing you have. All right? And inside the house are the tax collectors and sinners and who? Jesus. So if you want to be close to Jesus, you have to be willing to be close to people who don't look like you would classify a follower of Jesus to look like. Do you understand? See, Jesus liked people who didn't look like him. And people who didn't look like Jesus liked Jesus. That's radical. That doesn't get communicated a lot, but it's true. And when the Pharisees, these, these law keepers, these rule abiders outside, asked the disciples, why is your teacher eating with these tax collectors and sinners? So Jesus overheard that somehow, and he drops this bomb on the, on the audience. He says, he kind of leans over, he kind of leans over to James, and he's like, hey, James, go outside and tell them I said this, right? It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. He says this out loud, in front of the tax collectors and the sinners. What do you think Matthew's like? What, what are you saying about me? You saying I'm sick? And Jesus looks at him and he's like, Matthew, you're a tax collector. I mean, we all know you're sick, right? This is the thing. Jesus, 
is either accepting of everyone or slightly offensive to everyone, depending how you read it. But he's saying, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but a sick. He's saying, I don't need to be around the people who know how to keep the rules and do everything right, behave right, know the right things, say the right things all the time. I need to be around the people who are hurting. I need to be around the people who need. And if we were honest, see, part of you wants to be offended if I were to say, you are sick. Part of you wants to be offended, be like, Christian, but I try hard and I do this and I do this. But the truth is that we all need. We all are broken. In fact, most of us can't even obey our own rules that we create in life. Right? How many times have you set out, um, I don't know, what do they call New Year's resolutions? Right? You, you've kept all those, right? How about parents, rules that you set for your kids? You probably don't even follow some of those rules. Right? You tell your kids you shouldn't be watching this thing or you shouldn't be using your device in this way. And yet you do those things. Some of you are employers, and you won't even follow the same rules that you ask your employees to follow. I mean, we're all sick. We all need. We're all hurting. So it's not offensive to say that, but what he says next is a little bit offensive. He says, but go and learn what this means. And this would be like in the face of these Pharisee law keepers, because their whole life is defined by how much they know. And there's this guy who's clearly breaking all the rules by hanging out with normal people, by hanging out with hurting people. And he says, hey, you guys who study and learn all the time, go learn this. And he quotes a verse from their Old Testament, their holy scriptures at that time. Right? I desire mercy, not sacrifice. He says, go read this again. Why don't you go figure this out? Because you've got it upside down, right? I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And so here's what the Pharisees would say. The Pharisees, or Christians today in many places, would say, change, and then you can join us. Change, and then you can be part of who we are. Get your life right. Fix your problems. Get your beliefs right. Get your education right about Christianity and the Bible. But Jesus doesn't say that. And if you've heard that message, if you grew up in a church that told you that message, if you feel that way internally, like you are not welcome or not worthy then people who have been telling you about Jesus have done you an injustice. In fact, I don't want to be part of a church where you have to be right and behave right to be able to belong. Because Jesus said it's okay to belong before you believe. He said, join us. Now here's the thing, you will change, right? This is like just, just how life is. As you spend time around Jesus he will begin to rub off on you. And I think the question we need to ask ourselves, whether you've been a Christian for 30 years, or you're here today and you, you don't even know what you think about Jesus, and you're like, I don't even care what the Bible says, will you think about following Jesus? And if you've been a Christian for 30 years, ask yourself this, am I following? Or am I just obeying? Am I following? Because following Jesus is an adventure. Following Jesus is full of life. Following Jesus is going to lead you. It's going to draw you out. It's going to bring you into the opportunities to be the fullest person that God created you to be. Are you following? And as a church, if we, if we get to be a place where we only are looking for the people who look like us and do like us, then we will have missed it. See, Jesus is on a mission for the sick and the hurting. And the church, if it's not, is not the church. I really wholeheartedly believe that. The church isn't a building. The church is actually even an incorrect word. But I don't have time to talk about that. That'll be another teaching. 
But we're not. We're a movement. We're not a church. We're a movement that Jesus started. And he said, go get more people involved in the movement to change the world. He didn't say, hey, build buildings, sit in rows, be good, watch what you say. He said, let's go get people. Let's go love people. Let's go seek out people. Join us. Join us. Follow me. So there's three takeaways that I think are challenging from this. And we're talking about rooting our life in relationship. See, Jesus isn't someone who talked about, let's build an institution. Think about some of the analogies he used to describe his relationship with his followers. He talked about being a father to a son. He talked about being a vine to a branch. He talked about being a shepherd to sheep. They're all relational. It's not rule following. Now listen, I'm not saying, hey, we all just go live however we want to live. But it's, what's, what's the root from which you live? What's the root from which you make these decisions? And if you're here today and you're like, I don't even know, like I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a Christian. Because I know what some Christians do and say. And I don't know that I believe the whole Bible because I've heard what people tell me that the Bible says. But I am interested in Jesus. I would challenge you to start there. A baby step of saying, I want to start following Jesus. I would challenge you just to take one teaching of Jesus. Look in one of those books we talked about, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Take one of those teachings and just try to follow him in that teaching. Try to, try to love your enemies for a week. Try to not judge others for a week. Try to be generous. Try to deny yourself for a week. Try to give other people priority above your own self. I mean, these are just teachings of Jesus. We could go on. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So let's look at these real quick. Being a sinner does not disqualify you from being a follower of Jesus. It's a prerequisite. So, no, listen to me. There is no sin that is so far that you can't follow Jesus. There is nothing you've done or will do or are doing that is too far to keep you from being a follower of Jesus. It's a prerequisite. Jesus calls sinners. He calls people who don't know what they're doing. He calls people who are broken. And second one, being an unbeliever. Now listen, this is, I can get, I think some people who have been in Christianity for a long time could debate with me on this. Being an unbeliever doesn't disqualify you from being a follower of Jesus. Think about that. You might have a hard time agreeing with that. See, but listen, none of Jesus' earliest followers believed until they followed. In fact, there's a story a couple years in where Peter says, I believe. What's he been doing that whole time? He's been following. But he had to take a step of belief. See, Jesus doesn't say, you must believe everything right now before you can be a follower of Jesus. I want you to hear this if you're here today. Listen, we're a church that wants to be a place where you can come and start to follow Jesus and, and we're not going to judge you. We're not going to look down on you. That's what we're here for. See, I believe that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. I believe it with all my heart, but you don't have to believe it yet. I just invite you to hang out with us. I just invite you to see who Jesus is, to walk with us, to walk with Jesus and see if you don't start to see what he does in my life, in other people's lives in this room. He has a plan for your life. There's a reason that you're here today. There's a reason you're in this building today. 
and he's saying something to you. Last one. The invitation to follow is an invitation to relationship. Could we just like wipe the slate clean? Wouldn't that be so great if you could just take what you've thought of Christianity being, what you've thought of following Jesus being, and you could just wipe it clean and replace it with what's actually in the Bible? (laughs) This is a relationship. Remember shepherd, vine, father. Like this is a relationship. What if we could wipe it clean and just say the invitation to follow Jesus is a relationship. You are sons and daughters of God and he loves you dearly. And what we're talking about is rooting our life not in religion, not in rule following, not in being good at what you do, but following Jesus relationally. So let's stand up right now if you don't mind. We're not going to play Simon Says again. Don't worry. We have a response time each week here at City Light where you can just take a little bit of time. It's a lot of information that just came at you. And I hate to just be like, okay, bye. We've got five minutes. You can just like take a little bit of time and just process. You can process however you like. You can process with the Lord. Um, We're going to sing one more song so you can sing if you want to. Um, during that song, if you'd like to get prayer, there's some people over there under our beautiful prayer signs. Um, they are not scary. You can go get prayer for anything that's going on in your life that you'd like God to help you with. If you're sick, you can go get prayer for healing. If you have a job issue, you can get prayer for guidance. Anything. Okay? So let's pray together to, to end this. Jesus, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that following you is not about following rules. It's about following a person. It's about knowing you, Jesus. I pray for everyone in this room today, right now, that we would just get a glimpse of how much you love us. I don't know how that's going to be communicated in different ways to each of us, but just show us that you love us, God. Just let your presence be here today in this room. If we could just keep our eyes closed for a second. Every week we love to give people a chance to make that first step to follow Jesus. If you're here today and you've been thinking, you know, I've been kind of hanging out around the edges, but I kind of want to make a step to follow Jesus, just raise your hand for a second. Is there anyone here who wants to raise their hand and I'll come talk to you? Not a big thing in front of people. Okay. So Jesus, we love you. Amen. Let's sing this song together.